I can't believe I have to say this. Let's do it. La, 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 Hello and la, welcome la, to Big Lash Energy. La, I'm your host, Jaina Marie. I'm going to come right out and say it. I'm not a fan of this week's episode. There, I said it. I had other plans for this week, some really funny content that I was excited to share, and then something happened that stopped me in my tracks. I got a review that I simply could not ignore no matter how much I wanted to. I considered letting it slide, but it weighed so heavily on my heart that I knew I would feel fake if I talked about anything else this week. So pull up your chair and listen up, because today I'm writing a letter to my hater. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. I really hate giving attention or energy to one bad review when I've received so much positive feedback. To be completely honest with you right now, this show is running off of your love. It's fueled by the DMs you send me, your comments, your ratings and reviews. What do I mean by that? Well, okay, I'm going to be completely real with you. As of right now, I make zero dollars making this show. In fact, between paying for editing, marketing, behind the scenes stuff, Making Big Lush Energy has been costing me approximately $3,000 a month, not to mention all the time that I've spent. I've actually been offered sponsorships by five separate businesses, but I've turned them all down because I didn't want to ruin the listener's experience. I didn't want an ad to get in the way of our time together. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not to say that one day I'm not going to eventually accept some sort of sponsorship deal or whatever, but for now, I'd rather not. So why am I doing all of this if it's doing nothing but costing me money, right? Well, I had a dream that I could create a safe space for women to feel celebrated, accepted, and encouraged. A place where we could be silly, serious, and sexy. This truly is the definition of a labor of love. And I knew that if I was going to do it, I had to be all in. No holding back. So as you know, I've bared my whole soul. I've talked about some incredibly personal experiences from miscarriages, heartbreak, being molested as a child, and even being raped as an adult. To be honest, it feels like you've seen me naked. Of course, there's always the fear when you put yourself out there that, you know, when you're being vulnerable, people are going to criticize you. And I knew that not everyone was going to like me. I told myself that it was okay. And I was inspired by a quote by T-Pain of all people. He said, if you don't like my music, then I didn't make it for you. And so far, that's been my mantra. I told myself that I would take any pushback with class and I would press forward for the people who needed to hear what I had to say. I'd just be myself and eventually my tribe would find me. But still, no matter how strong I tell myself I am, no matter how thick I think my skin is, no matter how much I hype myself up, nothing could really prepare me for what I read this week when I opened up my reviews. I was sitting on my couch watching TV and decided to scroll over to my review page to see if I had any new ones. And there it was on the front page of my Apple account, a one star out of five. Ouch. 
I'd received one star reviews before, but I kind of just shook it off because I'd seen other people leave really bad reviews on really fabulous podcast pages. And I just chalked it up as them simply being haters. And the feedback they left was always laughable anyways, like I hate the sound of her voice or too many advertisements. I would shrug something like that off because, you know, it's just haters being haters. But this one that I received was far more personal. This person went right for the jugular. I'm going to read to you what they said. The review went something like this. Why didn't you accuse the rapist after you are raped? You are very selfish. They wrote selfish all in capital letters. You should have called the police immediately after you were raped. Rapists usually do many times rape until they be caught into prison. You and your family did not call the police and chose to let the pedophile and the rapist go away. They will do it again and again on many other children and women. I can't understand your lack of empathy as a woman and as a victim. I can't listen to your podcast anymore. Wow. I just need a second because saying that out loud makes my blood boil. Oh, I just need to scream. So, as I'm sure you can imagine, this message sent me through an entire roller coaster of emotions. At first, it stung. I mean, of course it stung. The first thing it hit was my ego. My knee-jerk response was to say, what? How dare you? Do you know how hard this was for me to talk about? Do you not see that I'm trying to help people here? How am I selfish? Sure, I speak very confidently, but that doesn't mean this isn't hard for me. In the episode where I talk about being sexually assaulted, when I talked about my experience with sexual assault, my sister joined me to say something. And after she said what she had to say, we just held each other crying for like 10 minutes after. That's the part you don't see. How could someone look down on me so poorly when I'm really struggling out here? doing my best, bearing my soul. After that, I got defensive. I started thinking about my story, all the details I hadn't mentioned that this person had no idea about. Like when I was molested as a child, I didn't mention all the people I tried telling back then, the camp counselors, the school counselors, family members, and everyone told me just to write poetry or stay strong or not to worry because my grandma had kicked him out or pray or whatever. Then he died a year later. What could I really do as a 13-year-old anyways? With what happened when I was an adult, no one knew the conversations I'd had with the police after I'd been raped. Or that when I was told what I'd have to go through in order to press charges, it all just sounded like more stress at a time when I was already so broken. Wait, why was I explaining myself to this person? A person who couldn't even sign their own name. This person signed their review as Rose Ha Ha J-A-K-S-J-C-J-A. Seriously. I didn't owe this person any explanation in regards to why I did what I did. Then came the introspection. Was I the reason other women could have been hurt? Was I selfish? I was hit by a wave of guilt and sadness. It's possible the comment stung so bad because there was an element of truth to it. Maybe I wasn't really the pillar of strength I wanted to believe that I was after all. I mean, if I was, how could I go through life knowing that someone could potentially do to someone else what he'd done to me? Had I failed the women I was trying so hard to uplift? 
This person's words played and replayed in my head for days after I read it. Driving, in the shower, cleaning, the question I kept asking myself was, am I selfish? Was this person right? Do I really have no empathy for other women? Since I was feeling down and discouraged, I went to the file on my phone where I saved the screenshots of all the good reviews you've sent me. The place where I go when I need encouragement, positivity, and motivation. Time after time, I read messages from listeners who had been victims of all kinds of assault, and so many said, you're the only person I've told. Men and women alike, all suffering in silence, having never told anyone except for me, not the police, not a family member, me, a makeup artist they heard on a podcast. A stranger. The World Health Organization says that globally, one in three women are subjected to physical or sexual violence in their lifetime. So it makes sense that when I speak on these subjects, I receive so much feedback. I promise that if you haven't been the victim of some kind of assault, you know someone who has. So this affects everyone. Anyways, as I was scrolling through those screenshots, a notification popped up that someone had just sent me a DM on Instagram at that exact moment. So I clicked to see what they said. Their message said that my story struck a chord and that after years of keeping her secret to herself, she was finally going to go to counseling. She was finally going to make her healing a priority. And that's when I had a moment of clarity. The reason people don't come forward is because they're afraid of comments exactly like this one. I realized I'm not mad for myself. I'm mad for everyone who's had to hear questions like, why didn't you go to the police? If it was that bad, why didn't you say anything then? Were you sending mixed messages? Were you asking for it? So while I was very much tempted to just let this one dry up and blow away, because I, for one, really don't like confrontation, I really don't want to draw attention to negativity, and I'd much rather focus on the good reviews. But I felt an overwhelming need to stand up for all the people who haven't stood up for themselves, the ones who didn't call the police, the ones who've suffered in silence, because I'd hate for anyone to read that horrible comment on my page and feel triggered like I did. You can leave a nasty review if you want, but honey, I have the mic and I feel it's my absolute obligation to say my piece. It's time to address these questions once and for all. If what happened was so terrible, why didn't you go to the police? Going back to the review, there are three words that stood out to me that I feel need to be addressed. The first word was selfish. Was I selfish for not going to the police right away? I thought about it. And you know what? Yes, I was. And being selfish was absolutely necessary. 80% of sexual assaults are done by someone known to the victim. So maybe you trusted them. Maybe you loved them. Maybe you flirted. Maybe you sent nudes. Maybe you matched on Tinder, went to his house, started to make out, and then changed your mind. Maybe you've been married for years Maybe you're related. In my case, I thought the person who assaulted me was my friend. He'd asked for a ride home one night and took advantage of my kindness. Before that, he made me feel like he really cared about me. And after the assault, he even sent me flowers and an apology. So it's fair to say that I was incredibly hurt and confused afterwards. I was left asking myself, was this my fault? 
Did I send mixed signals? He wouldn't have done this if he wasn't so into me. And most importantly, would anyone believe me if I told them that I didn't want to have sex with him? If it had been a complete stranger who jumped out of some bushes, I have no doubt I would have gone to the police immediately. There would have been no backstory. I wouldn't know anything about if he had a wife or kids or anything like that. And no one would question if I was asking for it or if I deserved it. There would be no he said, she said. In my case, no, I didn't call the police right away. I wiped my tears. I put on a turtleneck and I tried to push it all to the back of my mind so that I could focus on the clients who would be at my house two hours after it happened. Two days after I was assaulted, my parents came to visit and invited me to go camping. I was still trying to process all that had happened, trying to hold myself together, and the last thing I wanted was for them to worry about me or for me to have to explain what had happened when I was still trying to figure it out myself. So the whole time I camped with them, I wore a red bandana wrapped around my neck to cover the bite marks and bruises, and I wore a red lipstick to match the fabric. Then I played it up like I'm too fancy to be camping and let that be my shtick for the next three days. I was broken, hurt, confused, scared, depressed, and doing my best to just put on a smile. On top of all of that was the prayer that he was healthy and that I hadn't contracted some kind of STD now because of what I'd been through. Thankfully, I hadn't. But the stress that you go through until the test results come back... I don't wish that on anybody. At that time, I wasn't thinking about wearing a cape and saving the whole world. I was thinking about putting one foot in front of the other, making it to work, surviving in a world that doesn't stop turning just because I was hurting. Yes, I was being selfish. And that's because I absolutely had to be. It was called self-preservation. So I understand why you may have stayed silent. You need to focus on your own healing first. It's not your job to save the world when you're broken and on your knees. The next word that stood out to me in this review was empathy. The reviewer said that I have no empathy for women, which considering the circumstances was incredibly ironic. I mean, here I was sharing my very painful experience, trying to create awareness for other survivors and a safe space. And this person comes barreling out the gates with a one star review and horrible accusations, completely lacking in empathy for me. Did you know that the most underreported crime is sexual assault? Did you know that only 20% of sexual assaults are reported at all? And the worst part is, is that out of all of the perpetrators taking into account all of the reports that aren't made, only 6% of people who have ever committed a sexual assault will ever spend even a day in jail. I don't think it's a coincidence that only 20% of sexual assaults were done by a stranger. And also only 20% of sexual assaults are ever reported. My guess is that this has to do with how much more straightforward it is to call the police on a surprise attack by someone you don't know. The story starts that day. There are no potential sexy texts to go through, no flirtations, no complicated relationship history or gray area to explore. You completely avoid the he said, she said. So in my story, I remember after it happened, I talked to a woman who knew both myself and the person who assaulted me. When I told her what happened, when I told her what he did to me, She responded by saying, well, I asked him and he said, you're lying. Of course he'd say that. 
what guy is going to come up and admit something like that? Then she said something that sounded a lot like what my reviewer said. She said, if he really did that to you and it was so terrible, why didn't you call the police then? There's no proof. It was wild to me that she'd have the audacity to ask me to prove something so terrible. But since I didn't want to look like a liar, I sent her the photos that I'd taken of my injuries back when the assault had happened. I had bruises all over the inside of my legs. There was additional bruising and bite marks all around my neck. When I sent them, I thought the conversation would be over and maybe she'd apologize for doubting me. But do you know what she said? Those could be normal injuries from regular, consensual, rough sex. Those could be normal injuries from regular, consensual sex. Are you serious? In disbelief, I sent her a picture of a handwritten apology that he gave me the next day. It said simply, I'm sorry. I hope you're not still mad at me. And she said, he could have been sorry for anything. This conversation is an example of every survivor's worst nightmare. That you're finally going to get the courage to say something and people won't believe you. I can't help but think that if this had been court, the defense would have said all of the exact same things. She was wrong about what she was saying, but she could have been right. I thought I had everything I needed to prove what I'd been through. But when it comes down to a he said, she said situation, all of my photos could have been interpreted completely differently. That conversation left me feeling defeated, hurt, unheard, and hopeless. Now, this wasn't even court. This was just a conversation with one other person who wanted to believe that I was lying. Afterwards, I felt exhausted and powerless. I felt like, you know what? Fuck it. Believe what you want. I'm not going to sit here reliving what I went through just to prove something to you. While people don't realize when they criticize someone who doesn't come forward is that everything a victim has to do in order to stand up for themselves results in more pain, more struggle, more embarrassment. For example, it's not really as simple as just calling the police and then sending the person to jail. The court process and trial could take months or even years before there's a verdict. I did a little bit of research and I googled like what would it take in order to send your perpetrator to jail? And this is what I found. It says, during a trial, both sides have the chance to ask questions of each other's witnesses if there are witnesses. The defense lawyer will try to convince the judge or jury not to believe you or to try and show that your version of the events is less believable than the accused version. This usually involves trying to discredit you by asking you many questions about the sexual assault and your character. Defense counsel also often tries to focus the court on stereotypes or myths about consent and sexual assault to try and discredit you. Defense lawyers tend to argue that the complainant consented to sexual contact. This is probably the most common defense since most criminal charges of sexual assault are laid in circumstances where the victim and perpetrator know one another. A lack of consent is probably the most difficult thing to prove in a criminal sexual assault trial. It is hard to prove that a sexual assault occurred because there are generally no witnesses other than the accused and the victim. The evidence generally consists of what the accused and the victim say happened. So essentially, you're trying to get a judge and or a jury to take your side in a he said, she said argument. 
So that means standing up for yourself could be the reason you have to spend days in court reliving the horrific incident, going through text histories, conversations, phone records, trying to prove that despite what the other person says, you in fact did not want to have sex that night. In your family, admitting what you've been through could be the reason you're embarrassed, ridiculed, criticized, ostracized. It's pain on top of pain, salt on a wound, and at the end of the day, not what anyone wants to go through when they're just trying to do their best to pick up the pieces and move on with their life. Please hear me clearly when I say this, okay? I am not by any means suggesting that you shouldn't go to court. I am not by any means saying that you shouldn't stand up for yourself or do your best to send your abuser to jail. I'm only saying I completely understand why you might choose not to. I talked to the police and when they told me everything that I'd have to go through, even just to get a restraining order, days in court proving what happened, I thought, screw it. I'll go to therapy and work on healing myself instead. Was I selfish? Sure. Do I regret it? No, I don't. I don't claim to be perfect. I don't claim to have all the answers. In fact, I'm still writing my story. I'm just bringing you along with me. You may not think what I did was right, but it felt right to me at the time. And if you don't agree with how I handled myself, then that's completely fair. But you're also not in my shoes. Every person is different. Each survivor reacts to these sorts of things in their own unique way. Some express their emotions while others prefer to keep feelings inside. Some may tell others right away what happened. Others will wait weeks, months, or even years before discussing the assault, if they ever choose to do so at all. It is important to respect each person's choice and style of coping with such a traumatic event. The last word I focused on, which changed my entire response, was victim. Victim. This person said that they had also been a victim, which to me explains a lot. Because of this, I decided that I needed to respond differently. I mean, to post something so publicly with so much anger and resentment, I'm thinking she's still hurting and clearly something I said triggered her. It's sad to me that her knee-jerk reaction was to lash out at me because we should be on the same team. But if being mad at me helps her feel better, then it's fine. I'll take it on the chin. Instead of being mad at this person, instead of lashing out at them for their harsh words or their one-star review, I'm just going to do my best to be compassionate. We're all at different places in our healing journey, and I know that this topic is a hard one that isn't discussed often, so it's fair that hearing me tell my story could bring up unhealed trauma and pain. But my hope is that we see it and address it so that we can push past it and thrive despite it. So, to the hurt person behind Rose Hawk J-A-K-S-J-C-J-A, I know you said you're not listening to my show anymore, but if in the off chance that you are, I'd like to say that I hate that you and I have some terrible things in common. I'm sorry if anything I said triggered the part of you that's still tender. But I do hope that you find someone to talk to, a release, a way to express your pain so that hopefully, eventually, you too can heal. And maybe one day, you'll consider yourself a survivor instead of a victim.
If you're listening and can relate to what I'm saying, if you've been holding on to your pain, I understand why you wouldn't go to the police or tell your family. But I do suggest you talk to someone. Someone. Thankfully, the police officer I did speak to put me forward to be a part of a community counseling program so that I could have 12 complimentary sessions to address and work through my trauma. Let me tell you, it was a total game changer for me. My counselor, Larissa, was a tremendous help at a time when I was trying to carry the burden all on my own. Reach out. Talk to somebody. No trained professional is going to call you a liar or insist that you prove what you've been through. They'll listen. They'll listen. And they'll ask the right questions. Then they'll guide you towards forgiving yourself and they'll help give you tools to navigate a world that might seem scary. I cannot recommend it more highly. Going to therapy doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're ready to do the work you need to do to get better. You're not responsible for what someone else did to you, but you are responsible for healing afterwards. I remember once my sessions were almost done, I wanted to do something really nice for my therapist. It felt like she'd saved my life. She told me she was from Brazil, so I thought, perfect. I'm going to get her a credit for the flight center so that she can go visit her family. I wanted to do something ginormous because I felt like she'd done something ginormous for me. Then right after I decided that, she called me, which was something she'd never done. She said, Jaina, I know our last session is coming up. I feel like I know you well enough now and I have a pretty strong feeling that you're probably busy planning some grand gesture for me. So I wanted to call you and let you know that I'm grateful, but I'm unable to accept any gifts. In fact, if I do, I could lose my job. I was so disappointed. I said, what? That's ridiculous. You've done so much for me. And she said, yes. And hearing you say that is more than enough. Thank you. Now, listen, if you must do something, you can give me your words or a gift that's for future women who step through my doors, but I cannot, under any circumstance, accept something for myself. So I sat down and I wrote this poem. Then I printed it and framed it and gave it to her the next time we met up. The poem said, Larissa, she took me down some windy roads to the places I swore I'd never go. Past tears and hurt and circumstance, past fears and loss and empty hands. A morgue full of wishes, a heart full of stitches, and a little girl who sat all alone. She stayed as I cried and we said our goodbyes to the weight that I'd carried for so long. I always believed that a woman like me didn't need any help being strong, but her thoughtful questions and outside perspective proved that sometimes Even I can be wrong. I absolutely hate that we had to have this talk today. But I knew that why didn't you go to the police is a question that haunts so many survivors. Instead of rolling over and letting that review get slowly overshadowed by new ones, I decided, fuck it. I have the mic. I'll explain it so you don't have to. Not saying something doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're handling it in your own way with your own timing. Also, life isn't a competition to see who's the strongest. It's okay to admit that you're hurting. It's okay to reach out for help, even if what happened to you was long, long ago. Nobody else can tell you where you are or what you need on your healing journey. It's like, imagine if you were in a car accident years ago 
and never dealt with it. Maybe you had to get to work. You didn't have time to see a doctor. Then today you go to a chiropractor. They look at your spine and they say, oh, it looks like things are a little out of whack here and here. Have you been hurting? And you say, yes. Yes. Every morning I wake up with lower back pain. I think it has to do with a car accident I was in seven years ago. I've avoided sitting for long periods of time ever since. Today, you could be making adjustments in your life just because of pain that you went through years ago. It doesn't make you a weak person if now you want to go back and get treatment for it. In my experience, as soon as I did, a weight lifted. I understood so much more about myself and in the end, my light shone brighter without the stain of what I'd gone through following me around. You deserve a safe place to heal. You deserve to talk to someone who understands and most importantly, you deserve to speak without having to explain yourself to anyone. anyone. Be selfish if you need to be. Have empathy for yourself and for others. And the next time you take a long look at yourself in the mirror, remind yourself that Only you have the power to decide if you're a victim or a survivor. I'd like to thank you for pushing play today. If you know someone else who might benefit from hearing this message, could you please share this episode with them? Also, it truly would mean the world to me if you take a couple seconds to write a review. If not, it's all good. I'm just glad you're here. Now, please go be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass, big lush energy everywhere you go. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Close, that's why I'm yelling, damn Jane. Would you 